podcast, and we are helping you love Jesus, grow together, and give back. Thanks for listening today. Uh, This is Pastor Kathy. I'm here with Pastor Keith Crane and Addie Ott and Elise Boggs. I'll introduce them in a minute, but today we get to talk about a recent trip that we took, all four of us, plus 30 of our friends, to Israel, the country of Israel with Dr. Randy Smith. Uh, We got back a few weeks ago and we just wanted to share our experience about Israel and what we learned and that kind of thing. And so I'm going to have everybody introduce themselves um, and just tell us, I'm going to just have you share right away, why did you decide to go to Israel? Pastor Keith, you want to go first? Yeah, so uh, I'm Keith Crane, and I decided to go to Israel. It was kind of a big deal because it was really kind of an amazing trip with uh, Dr. Randy Smith, and I've gotten to know Dr. Smith over the last couple of years or so as he's come in and done some guest speaking here at the church, and uh, I know a little of his story, so when the opportunity to go to Israel with Dr. Smith, with his 20 years of experience living in Jerusalem, it was just kind of a big draw for me. So uh, I always kind of thought I wanted to go to Israel, but when the opportunity came and it was led by Dr. Smith, that really made me go, yeah, I think this is what I want to do. Addie? Yeah, I'm Addie Ott. And going to Israel, it was a big trip. And honestly, probably the most expensive trip I'll ever go on, maybe <laughs> for like, you know, for a while. Um, but I'm really, really thankful I was able to go. And in college, a couple of my friends, they got to go on a mission trip to Israel. And at the time I was going to Ethiopia, so I wasn't able to do both. But as I got older, I was like, Lord, if that trip, that kind of trip ever comes up again, even if it is just to, you know, like Israel, you know, there's so much rich, rich history there and the context and just the Bible comes to life and just family members going previously. I was like, if I'm able to go when I'm young, like I want to go. And I've I've heard so many people like while we're on our trip, how much of a blessing or how smart it's like, oh yeah, you're really smart to go when you're like 25. And I'm like, well, yes. Um, but I'm really, really thankful for the opportunity where I'm able just to, to go. I was like, I have the time to go and I wanted to learn really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Elise. Yeah. I'm Elise Boggs. Um, my, I guess my situation's a little bit different. I really never thought I would go to Israel. Didn't really have the desire necessarily, um, but when they, it was announced, um, the informational meeting at church, um, I just knew because it was like the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. Like there was just a feeling inside where I was like, really? Okay, I think maybe I need more information about this. So um, I, you know, I ended up going and um, it was amazing. I want to go back actually. So yeah, it was for, for me, it was Randy Smith, getting to know him. I was there in my 20s, and it was an amazing trip in my 20s to be there. I went with a Bible teacher, so learned a lot. Come back, read the Bible differently. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But uh, Randy is is a Bible teacher, but also an archaeologist. I did not have any idea the difference that that would make. Like, he's done all his archaeology in Israel, and so you go to these places, and he, like, starts first with um, the archaeology behind everything and why that makes sense. And then he throws the Bible in there and then he throws personal application in there. And so just knowing him a little bit of his teaching style, knowing that he's an archaeologist, that that for me was, okay, you just got to go to Israel with Randy Smith. Like there's no other way to go. And now I'm even more convinced of that. There's no other way to go but with Randy Smith. There probably is, but 
Take it from us. Right. It wouldn't be as good. So just to dive in on the trip a little bit to just ask a few uh, takeaways that might be valuable to other people. Uh, let me ask this. Um, and this is, I know this is not a fair question, but what new thing, just if you can limit it to one, that would be great. What new thing did you learn about Jesus or did you learn about the Bible in the place where it all happened? Just one thing, huh? Just one no thing. No pressure at <laughs> yeah. all. It's uh, it's not that long a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the thing that I appreciated about the trip was so much with, with Dr. Smith's approach. It was, you know, how does standing on this spot help you understand the Bible better? And for me, probably when we spent part of the day in Capernaum on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, that was really pretty cool because that was such that's that's a fairly small town i mean you know it's not that big and just you know several of the stories around the bible are kind of centered around that area so for me it was just i i don't know that i could take away like give you like a single what was the one thing i learned but it was just you know being there in the place where jesus was was just it was just amazing so I don't know if I can give you like one thing in a podcast that's not going to be 11 hours long. <laughs> what about one of you two? Yeah, I think Keith's point is really fair. Like that's very, very true where I loved Randy's approach where he just put everything into context and just recognizing the importance of original context. And this might not be like earth shattering, but just remembering and reminding ourselves that the Bible wasn't written in English. <laughs> like, it's like, oh yeah. Um, but really there's a totally different language and a lot of things can get lost in translation. And so things that Randy would say, it's like, okay, these are the things that, you know, the writers of the gospels think you understand, you know, even if it's 30 years after all of the accounts that they're writing about are happening, they think that this whole cultural context you understand. And I'm like, no, we have no idea. And so for Randy to really break that down where it's just digestible and it's like, oh, I actually understand this and for it to still make modern sense like modern application it was immensely helpful but for me it just gets me even more excited to be like okay let's maybe like go back and like unpack maybe this like this one root word you know right here and that's just one thing like Keith said even too like there's so many things yeah you just spoke for me because that's exactly what I was gonna say is the context behind everything we don't understand just reading it in English what it really meant in Hebrew, certain things. Like with Psalm 23, when he went over that, what it really means, the background of he maketh me lie down in green pastures, like in the context behind that with the whole sheep and herder and thing or shepherd. So yeah, that was really cool too. I think one of the things for me, like people ask, why do you, why do you have to go to the place or whatever? I think one of the things for me is he brought his disciples to different places. Like in Capernaum, where you were talking about, um, he, he talked about different Herods, you know, like there's different Herods and we should know. Like this Herod, Herod Antipas, I think it was, he wanted to kill Jesus. And, but in Capernaum, Everybody loved Jesus because he was doing healings there and he was doing these kind of things. But when he went to Jerusalem, that's where they wanted to kill him. And so this is why a lot of his ministry happened here. But then he brought his disciples north where there were high places and temples not to God. And he brought his disciples there to disciple them because no one was going to bother them. 
up there because religious Jews, which is what Jesus was, RJs, that's what Randy mm-hmm. called it, RJs didn't go north, but Jesus took his disciples north in order to very purposefully disciple them. And so for me, like coming back with sort of a map of Israel in my head and why Jesus did this here and why he did this over here and why this guy could go tell people about Jesus and this guy couldn't, all made a little more sense when you're in the geography for me. And I think part of that, maybe I knew some of it, but there was something about, okay, like this place I'm standing right now, this is where discipleship happened. So that was one of my takeaways. Do you read the Bible differently now? Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Talk a little bit about like, how does that, how does that work when you're having Bible time? How does that work? How do you read it differently? So uh, one of the things that we did is we were, uh, we stopped and we looked at an ancient vineyard. And, uh, and Dr. Smith was talking about John 15, which is the, the story of the, the vine and the branches. And uh, like as I, as I was rereading that story a week ago, you know, it's like, like I visually like was at that spot and thinking about some of the things that Dr. Smith was saying. So um, t- to me, it's just... A, just a big difference between I, I read this and I understand it versus I read this, I understand it, and I was actually standing in a place that this actually happened. So for me, it's, um, yeah, the Bible is much more alive over the last couple, three weeks than it was before. And not that it was not alive to me before, but it was just I don't know. It's, it's almost like the difference between like a black and white photo and a color photo. Oh, that's such a great picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I would say like just reading over uh, different like descriptions like in the Bible, like there's almost like this kind of, you know, the context again, going back to that, but to not skip over the towns. We kind of mentioned that, but it's like, oh, Beth Page. And now I'm really visual as a creative individual. And so for me to get like an actual landscape and perspective of, oh, this is the Sea of Galilee, this is the Mount of Olives. And then just to remember like the whole lineage of all those names, like you think of, you know, Matthew chapter one at the end of Luke, then like, yes, people's lives actually happened here. But then we just actually got to see like runes, you know, maybe if it was, um, you know, like examples of what housing was back then. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is what community looked like. And it looks the same today. Mm -hmm. It's just different, you know, it's just modernized. And so I think that's really a unique thing where they're doing the same things we're doing. And sometimes we just get back down to the basics but just really not skipping over the places in the Bible. It's like, oh, okay, there's something here. And now I can go back to those places and just looking at the landscape and being like, oh, this actually was a long day's journey. And you actually understand that, especially, you know, walking and everything. So for me, um, in my Bible time when I was in Israel, I was in Leviticus because I just wanted a goal for myself was just start from the beginning and just go through to the end, just yeah. Um, and I've heard people say, if you can make it through Leviticus, you can make it through, you know, you're set. I, I enjoyed it. And part of that may have been because even when I came back, even now in numbers, um, it, it just, it does, it comes to life. Like there's something even in Leviticus to where I can relate it back to Israel. I mean, it's about Israelites and everything. So um, it's just, I, 
I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It just really has made it come alive to where even the books where people say aren't so popular and you don't really study necessarily, like I find myself liking and I want to just read the next days, you know, ahead of time. Like I want to read more and more. So um, that's a great takeaway to want to read your Bible more and more. Yes. And that's where it kind of because honestly, for me, um, a year ago, even well, yeah, probably a year ago, like I wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't. And so it's taken a lot of work. But Israel definitely helped helped me want to get in even more. So Addie, when you were talking, one one of the things came to my mind when we're talking about the three cave house. So we went to see an example of a three cave house, which is likely where Jesus was born. And this happens in the front and this and that. And so one of the one of the stories in the Bible that Randy brought up was the persistent woman who comes and knocks at the door of the of the guy and she wants him to give him bread. I think I'm telling the story right. But and um, so one of the things he said is in that front room is basically where they live. And they the children and the adults all sleep in the front room. And so in that story, he's like, basically, don't wake my children up. You're going to wake my children up if you keep knocking. And so now I have this picture in my head because I'm like, well, how loud was she before? How loud could she have been knocking if they're over in this room? Because I think of my house and my the children would be over here. and But they're all sleeping in the same front room. And the story just makes more sense, right? It's I think that over and over again, as we continue to read the Bible and we have this in our heads, the stories are going to make more sense. Like we're just going to get it. Yeah, another quick example of that was when we were kind of out on the Sea of Galilee in a boat and, you know, they were talking about, well, it's not uncommon for like this wind to come off of one of the mountains. I don't remember which one off the top of my head and come down that and it's a it's a north to south wind. And when that happens, it just turns that that, you know, the Sea of Galilee up and um, and it's like being there in the spot. You're like, oh, I could so totally see that. Yeah. Even in our refresher groups, um, there was, I think it was a week or two before I went to Israel that, that those had started. But now coming back and watching those videos with the ladies who are in Israel and the topics they discuss each week, um, it's just incredible because I can put myself there and I understand what they're talking about. Um, the first, when I got back and was catching up on the videos, like, I watched the first one and I just had chills come up like mm-hmm. upon me and then I started crying. So wow. I like it was it was just it really is life changing. I didn't want I heard people say like this is going to be life changing for you and I just thought really but it truly has. Yeah. Well, let me dive in a little bit um, deeper. The last few days we were in Jerusalem and we talked a lot. Randy taught a lot about Jesus last week on earth. He talked one whole day about Jesus last day on earth and kind of walked us through what that would have been like, what that last week of Jesus' life um, would have been like, which is, I mean, we spent several days doing that. And so, so it's just important. And, and it was important for him to, for us to learn that. And so are there things that stood out to you during that? I'll share mine first, because I don't want anyone else to take it. No, I'm (laughs) kidding. But we, we walked in the Via Della Rosa, which is where Jesus uh, walked with the cross. So from where he was beaten and um, in front of Caiaphas, the high priest and, or, Caiaphas the high priest yeah and um 
and then to where he was crucified, one of the things that stuck out to me, and I don't know why, because I've walked it before when I was in my 20s when I went, like he's carrying the cross. It's uphill. Like the whole trip is uphill from where that happened to where he was crucified. Or it felt that way to me. Um, I could have been wrong because we'd been walking for like 10 days. But (laughs) it just, I was like, so not only is he beaten and bruised and tortured and he's carrying the cross, but he's walking uphill. Like, I don't even know how he did it for us, for me. I always always assume that too, that it was like a straight, just rocky road or something. But that's what I thought of as well is that it was there was an incline and that steady incline is hard <laughs> like so i can't i'm the same with you i can't imagine i can't imagine and even though it's a small country it feels like between all those places was a very long distance so for him to like travel between all those places as well yeah. it just gives you a whole new appreciation and being grateful for what he did for us yeah and kind of along those lines it's like you know like nothing's flat. I mean, nothing's flat in Israel. It's all either uphill or downhill. Um, for me, it was probably, I mean, I mean, the entire week was amazing. And then the spending the time in Jerusalem was kind of, was awesome as well. But probably for me, the single most meaningful moment when we were kind of walking through Passion Week is when we spent uh, a couple hours at the Garden Tomb. And uh, it's kind of a weird spot because, you know, you have this peaceful garden inside basically downtown Jerusalem, which is kind of chaos on all four sides. But you kind of have this uh, sense of peace in there. And, you know, we don't really know whether or not that was the tomb that Jesus was buried in. But one of the things that was really kind of cool is, um, you know, Dr. Smith was talking about we took communion that day as well, but Dr. Smith was talking about, you know, like there's a bunch of historical places in Jerusalem where uh, Christians will go in pilgrimage, but at those spots, you really don't hear the gospel. But at the garden tomb, they unapologetically talk about the gospel and they talk about Jesus rising. And I don't know, that was probably, I got emotional a handful of times on the trip, but that was probably the most emotional I got is when we took communion together. I mean, that was that was definitely one of my favorite parts and most memorable. I remember Randy saying where we went to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre at that place, and then we went, which was like more of a historical site, mm-hmm. um, and then we went to the Garden Tomb, and he was like, hopefully you have history, but then you also have a memory. You can pair the two together, and the Garden Tomb was one of my favorite places, um, but for me, it was when we were on the Mountain of Olives, and he took us through that brush, some weeds, yeah. <laughs> and we were sitting on some rocks, and he just kind of walked us through all of the events of Holy Week and like how they unfolded and the significance of them. And one of the things that um, stood out to me, I mean, there's obviously several, but one was, it's like, why did they, like almost why couldn't they, it sounds bad, but why couldn't they kill Jesus? Um, Where like they needed the government to help and like get involved. And it was like in Jesus, like going to the temple and like causing the scene, like, and he told us even when Jesus went to the temple, like that the people there, you know, the priests and all the religious people that they were cleaning the temple, right? And then he just goes in there and like, you know, there's sheep and animals and 
like when they get scared, <laughs> they make a mess. <laughs> and, you know, so like they were really irritated with him. And sometimes we can paint Jesus as, if I'm getting this right, as a victim, but they, he was intentionally causing like chaos and a ruckus where they're like, he's going to cut, like, what is he doing? And like, we don't really have like a good reason to kill him. And so they like, they could, but they needed, you know, pile and all these people to get involved. And like, never really thought about that because I just thought it was like, oh, it's just righteous anger, you know, but it's like all intentional. Yeah. And so we just so see good. like that meta narrative. I mean, just think about from the beginning of scripture, like, you know, when it started, like God had a plan, even like this plan to get him to the cross, mm-hmm. even though he didn't want to go there, like all of this was intentional. Um, and it just painted a different picture for me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a great point. That's a because, yeah, I don't think Jesus did anything that wasn't intentional, but we yeah. don't think well, no, about it yeah. necessarily. Right. Like, like, I was we don't like, think about what's the significance of right. him going through the temple and the sheep and things like, well, that's not that bad. They're just, you know, but it was probably a whole yeah. mess, you know, right. And really frustrating. Opens for your people. eyes to yeah. so many things. Really opening. <laughs> well, I'm going to take a, a tiny bit of a different direction for a second. Um, one of the one of the benefits of going on this trip with Randy was we have the archaeology and we have the Bible teacher, but we also have one of our guides was a um, uh, an Israeli guide, and then our bus driver was um, Muslim Arab, and just the dynamic between the three of them was was very cool to see, and for me learned a lot just about current day Israel, some about just what the the Jewish people, what that country has been through um, was was fascinating and pretty impactful to me. And so I'm not I'm like I'm not veering toward any kind of politics or anything, but Israel is what it is, right? It's a it's a place that I don't think there's ever really going to be peace until Jesus comes again. But there were parts of that getting to hear Haggai, our Jewish guide's story, his relative story and just him sharing what it's like even going through the Palestinian territories when our Jewish guide has to get off the bus because he's not allowed in there. And seeing um, our Muslim bus driver become more comfortable in the Palestinian territories, it was just interesting. And uh, were there things about that part of it and learning that part of Israel and the dynamic that is there that stuck out to you and that just made you contemplate or under, like, why did Jesus choose this place? I mean, just one thing that stuck out to me was among all the unrest and everything that goes on there, how all the fl- the Israeli flags that were hanging up, like, they were everywhere. I mean, here, if we – you don't see as many flags, you know, American flags put up anymore. Um, and it's kind of the opposite over there. Um, with all their flags hanging up, it's like a reminder of – hey, we're still here. Hey, we're still fighting for certain parts of our country or whatever for peace. Um, So that was something that was kind of different for me politically, I guess, is it's the opposite of here. You know, you'll take your flag down if you don't agree or something or whatever. Yeah, I definitely noticed the flag thing too. And uh, the the other thought that I had was, I mean, it's a complicated place Mm -hmm. with a long, complicated history with all kinds of people groups that are, involved and you know even within the uh, 
you know, the the Islamic faith, you know, there's, you know, there's a bunch of different, you know, just like in Christianity, where there's a bunch of different denominations, the same thing with, yeah. within that. So it's just a complicated place. And it's, um, and geographically, it's, it's an interesting place because, you know, at some places, the country's only seven miles wide. And, you know, so. Um, and then it was lush and then desert yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 In the matter of a two hour bus ride, right. you know, it goes from being, you know, you know, like the Amazon rainforest to Arizona. It was just really kind of wild. Um, but no, it's just a complicated place. And the, yeah, I don't know if this is kind of what you're looking for, uh, Pastor Kathy, but as I was, one of the days I got really emotional as we were on top of, I can't remember the name of the mountain, where Elijah uh, battled Carmel. And, uh, you know, that overlooks the Valley of Jezreel. And that's where the final battle is going to take place, you know, with Armageddon. And like, I was just like, as we were standing there that day, uh, there were Israeli fighter jets flying overhead. And it was just a reminder to me that uh, this is where the beginning of the end happens. Mm. Wow. That's really, really good. Uh, for me, kind of going off of what you were mentioning earlier, Keith, of just like the diversity of how many people live there, and it can create a lot of confusion. But for me, I'm like, oh, I know Israel. I'm vaguely familiar like with it, but really you don't fully understand, or even, even when you go somewhere, um, but you can experience it. And that is so meaningful, you know, that can just teach you a lot of things. And so for me, like just actually being educated, yeah. it sounds really simple, but learning about the different cultures, um, even just different, like how you practice Judaism, you know, and all the different kinds of rabbis and then Islam, um, practicing all those different things all in that one place. But then like, why did God pick here? And just all that diversity kind of coming together. And then all of the, the history that I like, I still don't totally understand. But when we went to that movie where that film, like that really connected my heart to the place of like, oh, these people who were farmers, you know, like they wanted to live here and to raise their families. But then taking all of that history and putting it into context of, well then, okay, that is really, really helpful, but why does Israel still matter today when there's mm -hmm. all this kind of confusion when you go, right. right? And so why is it still important for us even to pray for the people there who live there year round? And how does that play into our faith right now? Like how can we still fall, you know, like faithfully serve Jesus and like share the importance of that. Yeah, yeah I think I all those are great points. I, I don't have an I don't have a great answer to any of that. I don't know like Jesus picked a complicated place, right? Then and now. And um and I'm not I'm not even a hundred percent sure what I what to do with that, except just a just a uh pray for for that area of the world and to recognize it's complicated and it's not simple and uh, just the reality of what goes on in Israel and the privilege that we get to go, mm -hmm. the privilege that we still get to go and to be there and to see those things. And, and just, um, yeah, it just, that, that is a thing that I don't have an answer for that in my head, but it makes me think about it. It makes me think, which thinking is good, right? Like just contemplating and praying and wondering. And, um, I, th I think 
having more compassion than when I went is helpful as well to the complicated life. Yeah, the thought that I had on that was, you know, humanity is complicated. Yeah. The gospel's simple. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and when we kind of just cut through everything, it's like the gospel is simple, no matter how messy and complicated things are. So just to end, we I th- I am pretty confident we're in this in this room, and we had the, the opportunity to baptize people in the Jordan River, and both of you got baptized, Elise and Addie, and Keith and I were able to baptize people, and I have to tell you, I did not expect that to be ha- as meaningful as it was, because we went to a place in the Jordan River that was dirty. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm telling you, that water was brown. Chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. It did look like, yeah. And it was messy. I mean, it was just messy. There's reeds over here. There's whatever. And um, just wondering, you two decided to get baptized there, which uh, we wanted to emphasize, like, this is not just because it's you're in Israel, you're whatever, but, like, this is your, your, you know, we're going to say, we're going to ask the same questions that we would hear. Is Jesus the Savior of the world? Is he your personal Savior? And and it, it was incredibly meaningful. And so just in making that decision, like that impacts our daily lives today. Like, why did why did you decide to do that? And Keith, you're welcome to talk about what that experience meant to you too. For me, it, it was a little bit of the spot of being baptized, yeah. but yet I did need to make that I've had a lot of growth, spiritual growth within the last year, and I want that to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just something kind of between me and God that, you know, he knew my heart and he knew why I was kind of rededicating um, my life to him. But I also really think that there is some symbolization or something in how dirty that water was and how we got baptized, you know, just possibly feet from where Jesus stood. I mean, it's, I wasn't as emotional getting baptized as I am now thinking about it, but how you just come out as dirty as it is, you come out clean. Like my clothes didn't stink. I did when they dried, I smelled them. Okay. Cause I was like, I have got to stink in this water. Like nothing, you were clean. You were completely clean. And there, I know 100% sure that is why Jesus like picked that spot for him to be baptized because there is such a symbolism in that, in that river. So it's, it's so cool to think now, think back now on all that and just kind of process everything, yeah. be able to just get home and process and I'm still processing, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is a privilege to, to be baptized there. And for me, it had been kind of something that the Lord has, you know, he all nudges us. And I think it was a lot of nudges throughout the last year Um, because I've been baptized before and like many people, um, which isn't an uncommon thing. But then I was like, well, why is this one different? And I remember um, just at my time being in the vineyard, like seeing even my friend Zechariah when he got baptized for like the purpose of ministry. And then even my friend, my other friend Elise last year, and um, even Pastor Mark. I think I remember one of you guys sharing that and just like setting, you know, apart the next five or 15, you know, however many years and setting that apart for the Lord. And for me, especially after completing school ministry, um, 
it was just was the next thing and I like I felt that tug like when I went to Honduras last year and there's just like these moments that are overwhelming that the Lord's like Addie this is what I've called you to but trusting him that I have really no idea what it looks like and even if it takes another five years to get to whatever he wants it to look like and so wherever it is you know whether it is in the marketplace whether it is on a mission field whether it's back at a church like I it was really like Addie do you love me like Mm -hmm. do you care like will you lay down your life again um and do what I've told you to do and so what that looks like is you know I pray and I hope that I'm able to be a light in downtown South Bend right now for where I'm at and also just being a leader like with our students like that's what he's called me to do like will you lay down your life uh, for my kids and yes like if I only ever get to volunteer like I will volunteer my entire life because mm-hmm. that is what service and following Jesus is and so it's just will you commit to be faithful again and again and something Randy said is that the Lord, he brings the fruit, but he just calls us to be faithful. And so it's like, okay, like the Lord's like, just to remind me of like, Addie, what does faithfulness look like? Model life of faithfulness. And there'll be opportunity after opportunity for people to come and know me and I'll do it. You don't have to do it. You just have to be faithful. And so it's like, yeah, that's, that's worth, worth it all. That's beautiful. Follow that, Keith. Yeah, I don't know if I can follow that. I guess probably the <laughs> the, the first thing that I say is that was one of the uh, – that was an absolute honor and a privilege to be able to do that. Um, I think I said that day that, you know, I didn't realize this was on my pastor bucket list until <laughs> until that day. But the uh, the other thing uh, – I, I can't follow that. But the other thought that I had was um, – so, you know, where we were doing the baptisms, the Jordan River is only – I don't know, 30 feet wide, <clears throat> and yeah, if yeah. that. And the and right down the middle of the, the river is the, divi- the dividing line, the, the border between Israel and uh, Jordan. And uh, one of the things that was happening is as we were baptizing people, there was on the other side of the river, on the, on the Jordan side, there was a group of Christians getting baptized as well that were celebrating you guys getting baptized. And that was just kind of a cool moment that, you know, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ no matter where we live. That. That's awesome. That that's that's a great way to wrap up the conversation. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think all of us just sitting around the table could talk about this for a long time, um, but we won't. We uh, I will let you know, Vineyard, that we did sign up again for two years from now for our church to spend um, twelve days in Israel with Randy Smith. It will be in twenty twenty five. I believe the dates. I'm not going to say I'm right, but the end of April and beginning of May. I believe it's April 26th to May 5th. I think that's correct, yeah. And so we don't have information about that right now, but if it's something that you're thinking about, start saving your pennies, start, like, hold some time. I think every one of us would say it's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Elise and Addie and Pastor Keith, and we are out. We are out.